0: sunday surefire podcast i'm your host the commish joining me today is the co-host aaron downtown brown hey hey and the other co-host ethan weaver how we doing guys we are doing pretty well man it is a super bowl coming up here in a couple weeks Uh, aaron's kansas city chiefs are going to be there i know he's very excited about that But, boo (laughs) go chiefs (laughs) He's he's looking forward to another Super Bowl appearance. Their fourth and five years. There's going to be all kinds of coverage on that coming up in the you know over the, over the next two weeks. We're going to get a lot more into into that game next week. How we think it's going to unfold. We'll get into some fun prop bets as well. Um, you know, in our episode next week. But we did kind of want to shift gears away from the daily fantasy talk that we've been giving you really for months on end here since the NFL season started. And we're going to be shifting gears back to the dynasty front, which is going to be. A welcome change, I think, for for some of us here on the podcast. Uh, definitely myself among that category. Dynasty is kind of my, you know, my my favorite aspect here of the fantasy world. So I'm looking forward to talking more of it. Specifically, this week we're going to be talking about the 2023 rookie wide receivers. Uh, we'll give you a recap on some of the more high profile guys, and also some of the guys that are maybe had some billing coming in and didn't quite live up to it, or some guys that weren't quite as uh, known on the landscape but ended up having a good season. So we got 12 players in total to talk about at the wide receiver position, and we'll also be going off of the Fantasy Pro's Dynasty rankings, the wide receiver lists, and kind of just telling you where these receivers are at on that list and sort of how we feel about them in that spot. Do we think they're a good buy candidate there, or do we think maybe that's a price point where we want to sell them in our Dynasty leagues? So a lot to talk about here. Um, you know, Before we dive right into it, uh, just know that we're we're kind of putting the pin on the 2023 rookie class, but we are going to be talking 2024 rookies coming up here pretty soon. The combine, as we know, is is going to be about a month away. So it's uh, we're going to be quickly turning the page of 2024. We'll have you covered on that content front as well. Uh, my blog series will be covering a lot of that uh, as the rookie draft approaches in, in April. So the offseason goes really fast as we know it, so there's lots to keep up on, but before we... Uh, Turn the page of 2024. We're going to look back at the rookie rookie wide receivers today. And I'm sure we'll recap the rest of the positions down the line here as well. So, And I'll get it started here with uh, the the can't-miss rookie of the 2023 campaign, man. I mean, you just cannot talk about fantasy football, whether it be dynasty, best ball, daily, redraft, whatever the case may be, without talking about the campaign that Puka Nakua put together in 2023. I and mean, we finished WR4 overall and half point PPR finished WR seven in points per game. And he did all that as a fifth round NFL draft pick. You know, if you're looking at terms of dynasty leagues where this guy was picked up, I mean, he really wasn't drafted in many leagues. You know, maybe he was a late third round guy in some leagues. If you play in a league with fourth or fifth rounds, he was probably selected in those formats, but really a guy who, who came out of nowhere, you know, just six, seven months ago, not many people really knew who this guy was. And he just broke out 105 to five receptions, for 1,486 yards and six scores, added another 12 rushes for 89 yards on the ground. You know, one for the record books, as we know by now, he's the all time rookie uh, receptions and, and receiving yardage records for a single season. And he also has the most receiving yards in a playoff game for a rookie. So just really a banner year for Puka Nakua and that Rams program, um, you know, kind of coming back after a down year. And we're going to talk a lot about other rookies tonight in the 2023 class. But just to put this in perspective, Pukunekua was closer to 1,500 yards than any other rookie was to 1,000 yards. So just a just a monster jump in, in raw production for this guy compared to his peers. Um, if you look at him compared to the rest of the receivers in the league, pro football focus had him graded as the eighth receiver among the entire league. So really just blew up whether you're comparing him to his his classmates this year or just to the receivers around the league. He was a really just good all-around player. Um, you know, the fear, of course, early on with Puka was that Cup was going to come back and sort of take that number number one rollback after he got injured earlier in the year. That really just wasn't the case as Puka led, led the team in targets per game overall and also out-targeted Cup eight and a half to seven in the games that they shared the field together. So with Cup entering his age 31 season and obviously fighting health just about every single year, finding it difficult to to stay on the field and Puka being in year two, well, can we kind of have one guy coming to a decline in his career. Whereas Puka is ascending in the other direction. So I look at Puka Naku as the leader of this offense going forward from a passing standpoint, and you can be worried about Stafford. All you want to be, he is under contract there for three more years. We'll see if his health health holds up, but you know, it's uh, it was, it was a great year for him all around. And I have him number one in this class. If we're looking at him to, to compare him to his peers and I have him ranked um, where or he is ranked WR eight overall on fantasy pros. So that's where they have him. So, I guess we're uh, the next exercise here we're going to go over is you know, for a WR8 are you buying or selling? And I'll say I'm going to I'm going to try to kick the tires on Puka at WR8 price point and see what the other managers are going to give me for him or what I have to pay to get him if I don't have him on my team already because he is young, he is productive. We know Matt Stafford will feed his top option targets and with Stafford likely sticking around for two or three more years, I'm going to be in on that to see what I can get him for. Um if the price point's too expensive, I'll probably be out on him, but uh I do want to see what I can, uh what I can grab him for from my league mates on that front. So I guess, I'll, Aaron, we'll go to you, my man. Like, what do you, where are you at on Puka and, or anything that I just covered there?
1: Yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of like that take with Puka. I mean, he's great. He showed how great he can be. Um, I think just your point, you know, we, we talked dynasty with wide receiver eight. It's a little tricky because yeah, if you are, trying to trade him i think you do need to try to find that savvy dynasty manager that's you know very ranking savvy as well that can give up you know some pretty good talent i i know we were talking before the show a little bit a little bit about puka and if you can find dynasty dynasty managers that can give up a, a devonte smith um you know in a trade with puka i don't i'm not so sure there are that many owners that are willing to take the chance on him like that so i I agree with you. It would be nice to see if somebody wants to um kind of overpay for Puka. Um, because you know, just talking assets, it's always good to kind of get, you know, a good value out of a trade. So I, I like your your stance there, but I guess just be kind of willing to know that, you know, if you you might not find the return you're looking for, if there are any hesitation um, you know, out there. Uh, but at the same time, I would be happy of keeping uh, Puka as a starter in my starting lineup as well. So either way, I guess I'd be happy. But, yeah, I want to I want to blame you to to try to seek out trades for Puka at this point.
2: I think Puka, where he where he's currently ranked inside the top 10 at number eight, I, I think you just I think you need to kick the tires to see what you can quote unquote down tier to and, and get a little uh, juice on top of that player. Because if I can down tier from Puka to the next couple of tiers, like I mean, just keeping it with within the rookies, right? If I can down tier to um, a Rasheed Rice, a JSN, a Zay Flowers, and I can get um, an early second on top of those guys, or maybe I mean, maybe a back end first. I, I don't think you can do that, but I guess it depends how crazy the uh, uh, the person is who's trying to get Puka Nakua. But I just think this is almost a perfect time to sell Puka because if we look at it, is there going to be a bigger sell window than right now? He's coming off a year where he almost had 1500 scrimmage yards on his rookie season. He is looking to be the wide receiver one in that offense next year as Cooper cup uh, starts to decline. And I mean, we've seen it time and time again, where these players shoot into top five, top three, top eight in the dynasty rankings. And, and, they never fully live up to that hype and you miss the window of, of peak, uh, of a peak selling point. So Puka is definitely a guy I would definitely keep tires on and see what I could, uh, get on top of, uh, any receiver in the, uh, the next, next couple of tiers. So, uh, but obviously Puka he's, I mean, what a great year. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think anybody saw this coming except for uh, the commission himself, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, he's definitely a a sell candidate in my book.
0: Yeah, when we were carving out who was going to talk about which receivers in this exercise, there was no I don't think there was any uh any 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 uh, wonder who was going to get to talk about Puka among the three of us as I was kind of banging the drum for him in the off season. Certainly didn't expect uh what he, what he produced um as a rookie, but you know, it's an interesting thing where I think his value is going to be very league dependent. I mean, some people are going to be all in on him. Some people are going to be a little hesitant. they say, oh, was he a product of the system? You know, is, is Stafford going to play forever? And obviously Stafford's, you know, won't, won't play forever. But, you know, he's one of those – I look at it anyway as one of those things where, like, like the fact that he's attached to this system for three more years on his rookie contract to me, I, I actually look back at that as a benefit because we we saw him for, get force fed in the system. And I, I don't see that changing going forward. And a lot of these w, these w these later drafted receivers actually do end up sticking – the guys that that, that pop are the, are the stories that we tell, the names that we know, guys like Stefan Diggs, Alon Ross St. Brown, Adam Thielen, a few others in that mix as well. Those guys end up hanging around after they pop off, you know, these fourth round or later draft picks. And that, so Puka is kind of in that mold too. So I do think he's going to be very, very viable on the fantasy landscape. So um, uh, WR8's a kind of a good spot where you can kind of make both sides of the argument where if you have him, I'm throwing him on the block to see what, if I can down tier, like Ethan mentioned, or if I if I maybe want to see if I can if I could buy them using maybe draft picks, I'll I wanna I wanna float that idea as well too. Really just just if you're if you want to buy them, go to the manager who has them and just see what they're thinking. That's really as as simple as I can put it on Puka Nakua. But we could talk all day about his season, but we have a lot of other players that we want to get to. So let's go to a guy that Ethan was really high on in the preseason who ended up having a good season um statistically, and that's gonna be Rasheed Rice from the Kansas City Chiefs, Ethan. So what do you what do you got on him?
2: Rasheed Rice was a player I really liked this season. He he came on uh, towards the back end of the season and just had a, a relatively uh solid year with, with the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Patrick Mahomes' uh, number one wide receiver outside Travis Kelsey. And uh, Rasheed Rice, he was a second-round pick, and he fell in rookie drafts because, obviously, the Chiefs have been swinging a mess with McCole Hardman, Sky Moore, and uh, people were just uh, – hey, this is going to be another swing and a miss for the Chiefs. And and luckily, luckily for the Chiefs, it wasn't. They, uh, I think they smashed this pick. Rasheed Rice ended up uh, with 79 catches, 938 yards, and seven touchdowns. And uh, he ended up wide receiver 27. Uh, if you exclude week 18 where he didn't play because the Chiefs already locked up everything in, in terms of their seeding, uh, he was wide receiver 22 through uh, um, weeks one through 17. But um, if you look at the, the uh, scope of the entire year, Rasheed Rice didn't really play um, a ton of snaps early on. I mean, weeks one through six, he only eclipsed the 50% mark once. And then he played uh, weeks seven, 59%, 61% in week eight, and then 68% in week nine. So steadily increasing there. But then it was after that buy he really took off. Well, weeks 11 through 17, uh, his his target share – uh, kind of went to the roof. I mean, uh, week 11 was a little low with 11, but a- after week 11, he had like a 29 and change, 27 and, and change, 23, 24, 27% uh, uh, target share in that offense. And uh, in weeks 11 through 17, he averaged a 23.41% uh, target share in that offense. So he was, he was commanding the targets. He saw double-digit targets multiple weeks. And uh, Rasheed Rice was Mahomes' uh, go-to guy uh, for, for a, uh, a few of those weeks. And, um, I, I see that continuing going forward. Uh, he, he just had a, a really good year. He was a, a yak monster. He had 654 yards uh, after catch, which was good for number three in the league, uh, target separation 2.49, which was number three in the league. And, um, if, if he could work on those, uh, those air yards, I, I think, I think Rasheed Rice has a chance to be a, a staple of that offense for years to come. And I think he has only room to grow. Um, it's, it's not like Rasheed Rice came from a, a huge, a huge school. He, he was an SM he was from SMU and uh, he was kind of looked at as a, more of a project and he came on fashion. I think a lot of people, people thought so Rasheed Rice was uh, a guy. I was very, very uh, pumped to get in my rookie drafts. Um, Just looking back at this year, and I I think it was a steal where I got him in in, in most of them. So uh, Rasheed Rice on Fantasy Pro's Dynasty Rankings. He's at wide receiver 19. So I guess at that point, I'll open it to floor. And uh, we'll see if uh, you guys are going to buy, sell, or hold at that price point. And I'll I'll, I'll give you guys a chance to touch on Rasheed Rice's 2023 rookie campaign.
0: Well, let's have Aaron... Let's start with this one here because I, I, I he's probably hearing that number 19 ranking and hearing one of his beloved Kansas City Chiefs players uh, and feeling, uh, feeling slandered with that, that, that ranking. Aaron, what, what do you got? What do you say about that? <laughs> hey,
1: I'm, you know, honestly, it may surprise you. I'm pretty content with the 19 ranking for right now. Um, you know, I think Ethan did a really good job explaining kind of his transition of, of this year. Um, you know, it took a little while to get the comp, conf- build the confidence and earn that snap percentage. I mean we, we saw Chiefs were kind of just rotating re- wide receivers in and out of every play. So obviously that wasn't sustainable, but um it was nice to see him kind of earn that top top spot in the wide receiver core. But um you know a couple couple of things come to mind with um with Rice and and I actually even uh Mahomes said it recently is that he reminds him of uh Sammy Watkins in the Chiefs um offense of years past. We kind of think about it in years past, they had Sammy Watkins, Kelsey, and uh Tyreek Hill at that point in time. So I think a part of Mahomes still is kind of wanting another uh you know wide receiver one weapon to to have on the other side of Rice. So that's the one thing that slightly scares me. But I think you know, if he can keep working on uh the air yards as Ethan said and um kind of get a little bit more uh big time big time plays, um you know, cause uh, if you're just a yak machine, you know, they can start playing, uh, playing that against you too. So, um, a little bit worried on that, um, aspect, but I, I, I did love Rice's progression this year. And I think, you know, 19 is not that bad of a spot to have, uh, you know, have a, a wide receiver. Um, I, I don't know if he can break that top 10. Um, I, I think that's just going to be interesting to see how he progresses in his career. Can, can he, uh, you know you know get i i guess that's the biggest thing is can he get those air yards is really the biggest factor i I think that's just it and just hit hit the nail right on the head with that so um i'm content with the 19 ranking i would actually be interested to see what others want to pay uh for rice uh another one where if you can maybe get a a higher tiered guy maybe even a, a guy a little bit older if you're really trying to win now but um, I I love rice to kind of build your team upon if you are doing a rebuild too. So, um, I th- I think it, it's definitely looking up for him, and he he'll definitely have a better season next year. You know, being the fact that he had to work so hard to kind of get that earn that snap percentage in the twenty three season. So he'll probably he'll probably rise next year, but I don't know by how much. That's kind of my two cents there.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean he's ranked number nineteen, but he is is in a deeper tier. On this list as well of eleven players that I does feel relatively appropriate that he didn't hit to be in the mix with, um. So, I guess I, I'll say I, I tentatively want to buy at number nineteen because he is attached to Patrick Mahomes and with Travis Kelsey entering his age thirty five season in twenty twenty four, you know we the the balloon is going to pop there eventually, even if it is a slow decline when we see Rashi Rice take on more of the of the targets in the offense where Kelsey maintains viability, but isn't quite what he was once in the past. I can see that coming to fruition. The reason I'm a little tentative on it is because we do have a really good, really strong receiver class coming down the pike here. And if Kansas City does dip their toe into that water, I mean, you know what it's going to do, um, you know, for Rice's value, at least in here in the short term. So that is coming up. Uh, we do want we do want to see him do more other than catch the ball at the line of scrimmage and make yards happen. You know, I think he had eight for 46, in that playoff game, which is kind of just a highlight of it, they took the one shot deep to him downfield. Everything else was short and underneath. So he has room to grow as a player, but I think that is also suppressing his value a little bit here too, keeping him in kind of sort of the middle of the WR two pack. So I'll say for at this moment in time, I'm willing to buy at that at that price point. But um, a lot of his value very much could change depending on how their offseason goes in free agency and the draft as well. Here, Ethan, what do you what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, no, I I think he's probably a buy candidate. At, at that 19 price point. But I do, I do think that's relatively, um, relatively a solid ranking at this point for she rice. I do think it's going to go up from here, which is why I, I think he's a good, uh, a good uh, b- a buy candidate. I've seen him ranked a lot lower in some, some other um, other rankings. And obviously those, those rankings uh, made the, uh, the buy decision that much easier. Uh, but I am definitely trying to get as much Rasheed Rice this off-season as I can for the right price because I do think it's it's only going to go up from here. I think a full season, a, a full snap uh, percentage uh, from 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 the jump, he I mean he would have smashed a uh, thousand yards this year easily. Uh, he was he was right on the cusp, and he barely played for the first. Five or six weeks, so uh, he's he's definitely a buy. And and as I talked about Puka, if I go from Puka
0: to Rasheed Rice and, and get something on top, I I'd, I'd definitely do that. Yeah, Rice is definitely an interesting one. We'll see. We'll, we'll definitely monitor him as the off season goes on and adjust rankings accordingly for sure. But let's talk about another uh, high profile rookie who was a first round NFL draft pick and actually made some headlines uh, for despite having despite having a good game and made headlines for the wrong reasons in, ba- in the, for in Baltimore in the AFC championship game here, Aaron, talk to me about, uh, talk to me about, about Zay Flowers. what do you think of him in 2023 and where do you see him going forward, despite the meltdown um, that he had uh, against your chiefs?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Z- Zay Flowers is a guy. I was kind of big on him uh, preseason. I think, you know, like, you know, as we were talking, just redraft, you know, I was comfortable having him in our in, in best ball leagues. And you know, I thought he would put up points right away as a rookie and, um, I think similar to Rasheed Rice, you know, he did kind of have to prove himself, kind of establish rapport with Lamar Jackson. But I think it was very easy to, to kind of predict that he would kind of outshine Odell, an aging Odell, and then uh, uh, Bateman as well um, in that wide receiver core with, with the Ravens. So he ended up coming down with 77 catches, 858 yards, and five touchdowns. So um, his yardage was good for fourth best as a, as a, a rookie wide receiver averaged about 10 and a half points per game. So that kind of goes back to, you know, if you're over 10 points per game in 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 most leagues, it's 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 pretty decent, right? Um as far as uh Zay in general, um I do I do like him in dynasty a lot. Um I think um I think he's kind of proved he's going to be the the alpha in Baltimore. I mean, Lamar talks really highly of him. He's got the mentor with Odell a little bit this year that um, yeah, I think he actually, believe it or not, he actually just needs to work on his, um, his, um, man coverage, um, to kind of progress as a wide receiver. But, um, I think Zay has the markings of, um, keep, you know, to, to raise in that, that ranking for wide receivers right now for, uh, in the fantasy pro ranks, he's in the tier four category at wide receiver 21. Um, that is a kind of a spot where, um, uh, another one I, I would like I I would actually stay to keep him. Um obviously, you know, he, you know anybody's on the table to trade in dynasty, but I would be very content with a um you know much like Rice being able to move up in um uh overall um you know wide receiver rankings at, at the end of the year. So, Zay, I'm pretty high on um I kind of equate him to uh DJ Moore who is a tier above him above him in dynasty ranking. So um, similar player to DJ Moore. I think he's the closest guy kind of in that realm of like the Tyree kill type guys that can kind of have those insane insane uh plays that can kind of just pop off at any time. So I'm pretty high on, on, on Zay at this point in time. And I, I think he's got the markings to just um, keep progressing as a player too, and be that number one uh, target in Baltimore. So I like him at 21. I think he has chances of doing better. Um for for years to come. So I'm a Zay uh Zay believer.
0: I know I know you are because I've been trying to prime away from you in one of our dynasty leagues <laughs> for about a month. And you uh you have not been budging to your to your credit. So uh I know you're in on Zay here, but uh Ethan with Valentine's Day coming up here, man. Are you buying Zay Flowers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like Zay Flowers a lot. I think he has a ton of upside. I think uh when you look at that ranking of of 21 I think it is a little low, but tier four uh, in fantasy Pros dynasty rankings is, is is a rather large tier and a lot of those guys are they like, are very similar um in terms of kind of what they do uh point production wise, which is obviously why they're they're all kind of grouped together there but uh I think at that 21 rank, I think I'd be looking to buy uh, just because I don't think I'd have to pay an insane amount to get Zay Flowers. Um, I don't think in this year's 2024 rookie class, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't pay a top six first for Zay Flowers. If I can get Zay Flowers for maybe a, a – like I don't know, pick eight and later – I would definitely do that, but I don't. I don't see anybody selling Zay Flowers, um, for for that cheap. But uh, he's kind of in a uh, he's he's in a, he's in a tough spot because I I think at twenty one there's definitely room to grow, but just looking at the the receivers around him, uh, it's uh it's 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 definitely a cluster. So I think I would uh, if I'm. I'd probably hold Zay Flowers at this point. I really wouldn't be looking to sell. And in terms of buying, I'd buy. I try to buy at the right price,
0: but I'm not. I'm not going crazy. I mean, depending on the format that I play in, if I'm looking to buy, she uh, buy Zay Flowers. What I'd be trying to do is move him for picks that are outside the top seven, like Ethan mentioned. Even if it takes two of them. So if we're talking like say one hundred nine and one hundred ten. That's the type of offer I'd be confident sending out for Zay Flowers because I'm, I like his role in the offense. And, yeah, sure, it's two first-round picks for a receiver, but, you know, this, this, the strength of this class is certainly not the running back room. So, I mean, there's a, a ton of receivers in this class, but I think I'd rather take one shot on Zay Flowers than I would take two shots on receivers outside the top three, at least at this particular moment in time. Um, WR21 is a bit low to me, too. I think he should be a little bit higher, probably a few spots above where he's at right now. So I guess I am buying at that price point, but you know I could, like I said off the top, Aaron's been a little stingy with them, um, and I imagine that other managers that are rostering him right now are as well. So I'm saying buy at that price point, but good luck to you on the market right now. I mean, despite those mistakes that he had, he still had over 100 yards in his rookie season and in, in that playoff game. Uh, so bright things are on the horizon for him too as a player. So, uh, there are really are a lot of good young receivers in the league right now, which is well. Definitely going to be talking about some of them here tonight, but even outside of the rookies like this, the receiver, the receiver baton is definitely in good hands with the group, group definitely in the NFL, but we'll keep the train moving here um, after Aaron gives us his last words on, on Zay Flowers though.
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think we're all kind of in agreement here. I think, um, you know, his his current rankings are are kind of low. I think he, I think everybody just likes his upside, what he can do on a week to week basis. And then as long as he's still getting his targets, which he, which we can kind of predict he he will. I think that's just a good that's a good ratio from his boom weeks compared to just his average weeks again, the ten plus uh points per week.
0: Totally agree. And we're gonna move on to another name who was not quite as uh as as prevalent on the on the receiver rankings going into the twenty twenty-three rookie draft. That's Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, finished WR twenty-three, both in overall scoring and half point uh PPR. As well as on a per game basis. So a back end WR2 last season. He was a second round pick in the NFL draft. Bit of a surprise there. I think I think the industry kind of felt that he was a little bit overdrafted in that spot. But he was getting drafted in rookie drafts on the dynasty front, going in the late second or early third, depending on your league and your format that you play in and all that. Caught 64 passes for 793 yards and eight scores through the air. Added another eleven rushes, rush attempts for 119 yards and two scores on the ground. Finished the year strong as well. You know, he, he was WR nine down the stretch between weeks 10 and 18. That that money time that when the all the money was on the table in the playoffs, he was he was good then too. Uh, kind of just one of those players who's a, a jack of all trades type that really fits the modern game pretty well. He can run routes, he can catch screens, he can do jet sweeps, he can get the ball to him in a in a variety of ways that he can produce. Just a dynamic chess piece type of player when you do get him into space uh, pro football focus actually had him graded as WR 40 in 2023 uh, across the entire league, which, which is a strong grade for a rookie receiver. You know, you do figure, you know, there's, it's only 32 WR ones across the league. You know, he was uh, and you know, this receiver starting all over the place. Now two, three sets are, are all the rage. So, you know, that really is a good ranking there at 40th. Um, Lots to like about his game, but I actually look at him as a little bit of a sell candidate um, I'll toss out his ranking here. He's ranked 27th on Fantasy Pros. So if I can sell there at the the back end or WR two or early WR three range, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be willing to do that. And the reason for that is because despite Jordan Love's emergence as a, what looks like a franchise quarterback, there's a lot of mouths to feed out there in Green Bay now. Between Romeo Dobbs at receiver, you got Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft at tight end, and of course Christian Watson also at wide receiver. He missed eight games last season and met, left two others early. So it really just left a lot of room for a guy like a Reed to feast as a rookie. So if I can cash out for, for a, a first round pick, either this year or next year, I'm going to be willing to do that and possibly even an early second in this class. in super flex formats. Once the draft starts, like if there's someone that I really am enamored with in the early part of the second round, when the pick is on the clock, I might be willing to do that as well. So like the player, I think I can see him having a, a long career in the league, but if I can update, if I can upgrade here, the type of prospect that I'm getting in this this draft class or next year's class, I'm gonna be willing to do that. So, that's where I'm at on on Jaden Reed here, Ethan. What do you where are you at on this player?
2: I do think Jaden Reed had a very good season. Uh, I didn't expect him to have, uh, like you said, the 64 for for almost 800 yards and and, and 10 a ton total touchdowns. Uh, he was a he was a staple of at offense and. That Green Bay receiving core, as you mentioned, is very young, and there's a lot of bodies. So I, I do see it that at that price point of wide receiver 27 uh, of selling him. And if I could even sell Jaden Reed for Christian Watson, I'd do that. Who Christian Watson, he's ranked 38th, uh, according to Fantasy Pros. I, I do think Christian Watson, if healthy, um, would have definitely – eaten into Jane Reed's uh, workload. I mean, you saw Christian Watson start to come on uh later in the season once he was kind of over that hamstring injury and then he he tweaked it again and uh it was pretty much lights out for Christian Watson, but Jane Reed also scored 10 touchdowns. So it's always touchdowns are so volatile. Uh they're so, they're, they're so they're they're very, they're not very predictive. So, I mean, do I see Jane Reed scoring another 10 touchdowns next year? Uh, Who knows? Um, But that, that was obviously a huge reason for his uh, uh, back end wide receiver to finish. So Jane Reed uh, just basically with, with, with everything going on everything the commission said, I I do think he is a a decent sell candidate considering he is ranked uh, 27th overall uh, dynasty wise uh, at the receiver position.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's good dialogue here. I, you know, Jane, Jane Reed, I, I, I think, um, just the green Bay Packers in general, I think just that wide receiver core is, is uh, a commission mentioned it. Just so many mouths to feed. I mean, you didn't even mention the, the, the running, you know, the running game over there too. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, as a good, uh, you know, take, you know, take his 10 touchdowns right now and try to sell it and advertise it. You know, if you can get him, uh, on a trade, um, on the reverse side, if you can get them for cheap, it's 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 worth a try to see how cheap they you, you can J, get Jaden Reed. But I think then again with those those touchdowns, uh, it's tough to get them too cheap. So um, with uh, I think maybe if it was a full point PPR, I, I'd maybe be you know more inclined to kind of keep them um, uh, keep them on my team. Um, you know, unless someone just blows me away with an offer. Uh, but half point, yeah, it does kind of scare me with just how many mouths to feed over there in Green Bay, unless they make a you know a couple trades or or something. But most of those guys are under contract still, so um, he's definitely a, a trade candidate in in my books too, unless you can get him super cheap, like I said.
0: Yeah, the interesting thing about the Green Bay skill players is they're not just under contract; they're all on rookie contracts for multiple seasons going forward. You know, they they have done a really good job in the last two years of sort of rebuilding that their receiver room and their tight end room too. So they got a ton of guys that are young and growing and developing together around a, a young quarterback in Jordan Love. So that's uh they really have an interesting setup in there in Green Bay and are doing a lot right, at least on the offensive side of the ball. So good on them for that. But, um, you know, we have a, a lot more players to cover here. So we're actually about to dive into our fifth player here. We haven't touched on the number one receiver that was dra- at, at draft time last season. So, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and tell us who that is? yes, uh
2: Jackson Smith Nick jigba JSN uh, he was overall wide receiver 48 in his 2023 uh, campaign and he was ranked 75th uh, according to PFF, which is a uh, a lot lower than Jane Reed. and I didn't bring it up uh, and Rasheed Rice, who uh, actually was ranked uh, 11th overall this year. so uh, the rookies uh, doing doing very well. uh JSN. Not doing as well as those other two, but uh, he uh, he had an up and down kind of year. He only he, he only had two games with a seventy five percent snap share. Uh, he, he he was clearly uh, for most of the season the kind of the the, the third option with DK obviously being there and Ty, Tyler Lockett. He uh, he was essentially. Position in the slot. He was number nine overall in the league in terms of slot snaps at 433. And, uh, he ended up having a target share of 17%, which was number 54 in the league. Um, and, uh, his overall year was 93 targets, 63 receptions for 628 yards and four touchdowns. He's currently ranked wide receiver 17th according to Fantasy Pros. And, um, it looks like he is going to be competing for that wide receiver uh two spot for the next few years. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are look to be under contract for the next two seasons, with both being unrestricted free agents in 2026 and both of them having pretty high dead cap hit dead cap hits uh according to uh Spotrac. So it, it looks like it's going to be um Slightly crowd there. Obviously, Tyler lockett he's getting older. So I do think JSN next year is going to be able to compete with DK Metcalf to try to be that that wide receiver one. Uh, but, but either way, I think he's definitely going to see an uptick in uh, snap share and overall targets. JSN obviously had a ton of buzz coming out of college. I mean, people thought he was – on the same level of potentially a Jamar Chase coming out and this and that, which I, I don't think was ever the case and JSN just didn't have the uh, the metrics behind him uh, physically and, and uh, to, I think put him in uh, that elite player coming out. but um, JSN had an okay year and he is seems to be living off that uh, hype still garnering that uh, 17th overall ranking in, in according to fantasy pros dynasty. So uh, JSN, I, I think we all expected a lot more Uh pe- He was the, the wide receiver one off the board in the NFL draft and the wide receiver one off the board in uh, most rookie drafts. And uh, he did not fully pan out uh, with that draft capital.
0: Yeah, he he definitely didn't fully pan out in year one for what people people wanted. But I something you said in there resonated with me too. Though I think he was a little bit overhyped coming out in terms of what his his long term ceiling is. I think people want him to be in that top five or six receivers and kind of live in that range for for his you know the majority of his career. I don't think he's gonna be a guy who produces at that level. I never did really. Um, I think he's gonna be a hot play, a guy who finishes you know kind of in, in the top like. 18 receivers every year. He'll have a couple of years where he finishes as a back-end WR1, and he's more likely settling into kind of that high-end WR2, which is great, by the way. Like, that's worth a first-round pick every day of the week. Not everyone can be a top 5 guy. I think he's going to be good and has a bright future, but I think people are kind of overvaluing him a bit, particularly with those uh those big cap hits for those receivers down the next couple of years. Like people are going to look at that Tyler Lockett's contract and say, "Yeah, he's, he's 32 years old and they can save like not 8 million bucks against the cap to cut him, but they're also eating almost $20 million in dead cap in order to do so." So I don't think that's going to happen. Uh I think the best hope for him right now is that they they bring in an offensive mind to be their head coach. That's going to get three wide receivers on the field and start peppering these guys. And so I think a lot of that, a lot of his future value is going to be dependent upon what happens in that front. And WR 17 at the moment, it's a little bit too high for me. I'd rather take shots on a guy like, like Rasheed Rice or Zay flowers. And even a guy like T Higgins, who's ranked one spot behind him, just because T Higgins at this moment is a pending free agent heading into 2024. So he could be walking into an alpha role too. We don't, we just don't know that yet. So um, definitely getting by on his draft capital and pedigree and I would probably be looking to get another player in this tier from him even maybe even in a straight swap if I was holding a share of jsN right now Aaron where you uh, are you coming on this ride with me or are you are you think he's a buy where he's currently ranked in, in dynasty
1: yeah I, I'm kind of with you I, I think a lot needs to happen to that offense you know I post Pete Carroll days i mean he post Geno you know, Smith days but unfortunately as, as you're kind of alluding to in in the in the, mean, in the interim, uh, you got you got contract woes with. And I think I was looking at this the other day. I'm pretty sure Lockett had the most target between or targets between the three of them. I'm not 100 sure. You can fact check me there, but if not, it's very close. I mean, Lockett is as old as he is. He was still you know kind of calling for a lot of targets. So I agree with the three receiver sets. I think you know they they if they can get a change of face at quarterback. Um, I don't know if if the new regime is going to try to keep rolling with Geno. You know, uh, that would be a maybe a breath of fresh air for JSN owners. Unfortunately, like what you had to get to get JSN, you know, you drafted them probably early or you traded for them. Well, you probably didn't even trade for them. You probably just drafted them early. Most managers aren't going to, uh, you know, feel well. I mean, I guess if you can dump them, but you're not going to get the return that you initially invested on them. So if you're willing to take the loss, do it unfortunately if you have jsN you might I hate to say it, you might just need to hold him and hope he kind of flourishes in, in a new offense because um less like I said unless you're just willing to take a dump uh you know dump on the uh the investment you initially made on him uh but yeah I'm not I, I was never high on jsN either um and i I wouldn't be out there trying to buy buy him um uh, but i I would actually just say try to hold him if if you actually own him right now
2: yeah, I'd have to agree with that. If you have him, I think he's definitely a hold candidate because I, I I don't think many people would pay wide receiver seventeen prices for JSN right now. Um, maybe those people that were so high, because I know those people that took him in the second round of startups because they were that they were that uh, high on on JSN, and obviously he didn't li- live up to that. But um, you are correct. Lockett led the team with targets with one hundred twenty two. Met Metcalf, Metcalf had one nineteen. And uh JSN had the, the, the 93, I believe. But uh yeah, wide receiver 17, I'm definitely not buying at that price. Uh if uh I can if I can sell like Kamish said for pretty much any anybody else in that tier, I mean I, I think I would. I mean Rasheed Rice is there, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, uh and the, like commission said T Higgins. I, I think T Higgins is uh is a guy that could um really blow up in value if he goes to the right spot and free agency. But, uh, JSN, I, I just think we all expected more. And I think the only reason why
0: he's still at this spot is because of the hype he had come out of Iowa State. Definitely a high profile player and he's someone who we're going to be examining his career for a long time going forward, whether it ends up positive or negative, but, uh, we're going to keep this rolling. Aaron, who do you, uh, who's the next player you're bringing up in the 2023 class?
1: All right. Definitely excited to bring up this guy. Um, I got, I have the pleasure to talk, uh, Tank Dell, um, I, I guess it was kind of fun, you know. As our DFS season went along, Tank Dell was kind of one of my claim to fame and one of my favorite told you so's um, out of our pick six uh, section. So um, I think I called him out right before he hit his kind of major emergence there. Um, Tank just kind of kind of took over. Um, I think you've seen in in some interviews just how highly uh, Stroud talks of Tank, and it actually during the draft process that I think. You know, C.J. Stroud knew right away that he wanted to use Tinkdown. You saw it in the preseason. So he had a little bit of preseason hype, um, and he definitely um, kind of pulled through. So um, he did end up with 47 catches, went over 700 yards, and had seven touchdowns as well. So key, key note about that stat line, that was only in 11 games. So out of, um, you know, just over half the season, that was that did equate to about 12 points per game, which is a pretty, pretty nice stat there. Um, he's currently ranked at twenty-three on Fantasy Pros as a Dynasty wide receiver, um, right below Zay by a couple spots. So, um, kind of you know, kind of thinking he's he, he's top twenty-five material. Um, but I guess where I stand on on Tank Dell, is what to do with him is, I'd actually as much as I love the guy, and uh, I I do think he'll be part of that um, Houston offense for for the next couple years. Is um, I I do. I do want to maybe uh have him as a trade candidate. All right. So um the the one factor there is uh kind of the emergence of Nico Collins. I think Nico is actually the true number 1 over there. Um so unless the caveat there is unless Tank is like truly your last play at flex where you're like willing to have those boom weeks, boomer bust weeks, um I think Tank could could be a nice part of your lineup but um, he's another guy, take the hype. I mean, he got he got hurt like right after he was kind of on fire. So a lot of people are still uh um kind of you know high on Tank Dell and CJ Stroud as well. So I mean if you can get some if you can find a way to maybe get somebody like Michael Pittman, you can get creative with the trade. I I would take that uh um that trade all day. So I I would actually uh call Tink Dell as a trade candidate in, in my books uh at, at this moment. What do you what do you guys think?
2: I think uh, I think he, I I agree with you. I think he is definitely a trade candidate considering he is ranked as wide receiver two in a, overall dynasty. And I do agree with you that I think Nico Collins is the alpha there. Uh, obviously Tank Dell he he's a, he's a very small guy. He, he was hurt this year only only played the eleven games. Like you said, is that is that going to be a trend going forward? Can he stay healthy? I, I'm not sure. But if I if I can turn my whatever third round pick fourth round pick from a year ago into a first round pick. I I think you have to do that. I I mean, this rookie class is looking pretty good, um, especially in that first round. So if I can take a shot on a receiver in uh, the 2024 class that's going to get uh first round capital, I, I think I would, I would take that, um, I mean, it's hard to argue against what Tank Dell did this year, and obviously CJ Stroud really likes the guy. But um, he's not a profile I want to bet on or bank on. So if if I can if I can move off of Tank for a for that kind of for wide receiver two prices uh, a first round pick,
0: I think it's hard not to do that. I'm still mad at the Houston coaching staff for essentially lining him up in line on the goal line at you know 180 pounds. To, to block and fracturing his leg there uh, towards the end of his rookie campaign because, you know, he, what he was doing was ridiculous and not the charts good um, and, and getting injured, I think it opened the door for Nico a little bit more to take off, take over that, that top role in that offense. And I just not sure if he, if tank's going to going to get that role back when he gets back on the field, um, you know, he's a guy I'm happy to, to roster. And, and I, and I feel good about him being on my team as like my WR three, but you know, like like you guys have said. I mean, you, if you can move him for a first round pick, I would be willing to do that as well. Especially if you're if it's like a top eight pick in a super flex draft, then sign me up. Like I'll I'll get him out of here, no problem. Uh, if you are trading for a first round pick, I'd probably ask for something on top of that as well. If the pick is say like nine to twelve range, then maybe I try, I try to grab a second round pick too. Just squeeze every ounce of value that you can out of them. Um, I'm not sure that's going to be possible or not. So I'm content to hold him if I have them, but I'd be putting him on the block as well.
2: Kamish, if you if you had the 109 would you move that
0: 109 right now for Tankdale? I would I I just I don't love the 109 at this particular point point in the off season but further as as the, as the draft comes further there's going to be a, one of these wide receivers that that in that next group after the top 3 that pops into that spot and it's going to get you know first-round draft capital that I'm going to like. So I'd rather bet on that profile than I would Tank Dell. But uh, it's a tough call to make right now. But I think come draft time, I'd be willing to make that decision and pull the trigger and take that 109 back for Tank Dell.
2: I hear you. Yeah. It's always – I mean, whenever you can move a back-end first for what we would assume locked-in production – uh, I'll, I'll, it's it's most of the time it works out better for your fantasy football team because we've all been burned by bad draft picks so sometimes it's better you know what let's move the pick for locked in production and let, let's go try to win a title on 24
0: yeah but like i'm saying too i would add, i would try to squeeze a little more out of it too like i'm if i if i have tank and i'm like hey listen this guy was producing at a wr1 level but before he got hurt like i don't know what 109 is going to be like can you give me your second round pick too like i think I think you have some wiggle room with this player to, to kind of play that game a little bit.
2: Yeah. I, I think, I think if you're trying to ask for the one Oh nine and a second, I think it's, it's getting probably a little too steep for me. I'd rather just hold on to the pick at this point and let that accrue in value. But uh, like you said, it's, it's still early in the off season, but there's a lot, a lot of more, a lot, a lot of information that could still come out on these 2024 rookies, but uh tank Dell, just the fact that we're talking about him in this light just tells you what kind of season he had in, in his rookie campaign.
1: All right, but moving on from Tank Dell, I'm going to talk another. Uh, actually, going back to more of the high-profile uh, rookie wide receivers from from 2023, and uh, I'm going to talk Jordan Addison. This is another guy that you probably drafted pretty high, at high capital in your your rookie draft, kind of in the JSN territory. Um, and then just talent wise i, I know uh, for our rookie profiles he, he he's definitely a, a top talent for for those reasons as well so addison uh kind of held true to that that profile and turned out a pr- pretty solid year um at 70 catches uh over 900 yards and did also come down with uh 10 touchdowns as well so um he actually was third highest yards as a rookie uh wide receiver he actually tied the league in uh for third as well. And uh, just overall uh, receiving touchdowns. So definitely found the end zone as kind of everything you wanted in 2023 out of Jordan Addison, 10.9 uh, points per game. Um, and then for fantasy pros ranking, he's he's at 22. So right at that safe flowers uh, territory, we talked to a few guys ago um, from 21 to 22, so kind of in that, that same uh, tier four area. Um, Jordan Addison, you know, I I think it it as well as he performed this year. I, I I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but um, it it's hard not to remember how how many games Justin Jefferson uh, missed this year. So, um, I, I I guess I'll cut right to the to the chase with Addison here, and uh, I'm kind of more leaning towards trading him right now, and kind of on that same uh conversation of just trading him after that such a great. Uh, season. I mean, coming down with over 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's just great capital to try to, um, use uh to get a good return with, uh, especially with, with with you know rookie class with this rookie class coming up. Get a top five pick or or something like that. So, um, I'm actually more on the uh trading, um, uh, side. If you can kind of move up for uh, one of your boys, you, you know, if you could somehow get like a Brandon Ayuk or a DJ Moore, I, I'd be all about doing that. Uh, for Jordan Addison kind of guys are kind of in their prime, but still on the younger, younger side um, of things. But, you know, I kind of said earlier with, you know, just remember the the Justin Jefferson factor, you know, as soon as Jefferson was healthy and they were trying to still maybe possibly make the playoffs and week, week 16, Addison went back down to only scoring 0. 0.7 fantasy points week 16, 4.3 and 17, and then he bumped, bumped up to 14 points in week, 18. So that kind of, you know to me just kind of shows he he kind of can be another boomer bust candidate when you have that alpha with J- Justin Jefferson. I, I don't think Jefferson's going anywhere in Minnesota as well. So um you guys know me I usually try to um have my starting lineup be all all kind of uh top options uh in the wide receiver uh game w- with teams. So I I don't really like wide receiver two or the second option in in offense. So that's just how I usually roll and I usually try to get that value if I can. So he, he had a perfect year to kind of take advantage of that. And I, I'm a, I would trade Addison, uh, but that that's just me. Uh, what do you guys think?
0: I would absolutely trade Jordan Addison at the rank of 2022 20, on the wide receiver rankings for sure. And you kind of picked up a little bit on my steam there where you were going with you want, you like those top options. Jordan Addison is not, not even the number two option in his offense. If you look at the targets distribution last year, TJ Hawkinson led the team in targets, and Jordan Addison finished second with 108 targets, but Justin Jefferson had a hundred targets and he played seven fewer games than Jordan Addison did last season. And by the way, we have no idea who's going to be playing quarterback for this Minnesota Vikings team next season, let alone for the foreseeable future. So maybe they work out a deal with Kirk Cousins. It's probably best case scenario for Addison and the other pass catchers in that on that team. But if I can if I can cash out here on Addison, um, those ten on those ten scores he had last year, I'm I'm gonna be willing to do it pretty quickly here. Ethan, what do you think?
2: Uh, not much, that I I agree completely. I think Jordan Addison's uh, a sell candidate. Uh, I mean, I guess to his defense, it was a quarterback carousel in Minnesota, and he and he still he still uh ha- had a relatively good season, but he also didn't have to compete with the likes of Jeff Justin Jefferson, uh, for uh. Uh, like what he said, seven seven or so games, and he wasn't even the uh, the leading uh, target gatherer on his team when when Jefferson was out. That was uh, T.G. Hawkinson, like uh, the just alluded to. So uh, Addison's definitely definitely a guy that I would try to use a solid rookie campaign to 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 move off of if I can add a little little to Addison to, to move up and get like uh, uh, Michael Pittman uh, um, and, and Ayuk like. Uh, uh, Aaron was, was alluding to. Uh, I would, I would like to do that as
0: well. Okay. And we got one more player to talk about here. That was on the, uh, that was a first round pick actually. So we, we, we do have a few guys that touch on. We'll touch quickly on a little bit lower down the packing order, but there's one more first rounder hanging around out there. Ethan, can you, can you you tell us who that is? The absolute stud of wide receiver. (laughs) Quentin Johnston. Um,
2: yeah. I know we've, I, I know we discussed this uh, uh offline a few times, but I, I think we need to start helmet scouting uh, a little bit in college football and uh TCU. If you see a receiver coming out with hype and they uh they're wearing that Horn frog TCU helmet, you just get them off your board. I mean, it, it's it's just been um just bust after bust after bust, uh, dating back to um. The guy, the uh, um, the commanders, will uh, drafted a while Josh ago. Doxson. Jo- yeah, Josh Doxson. yeah, Josh Um, and then obviously you had Jalen Rager, and now you have a, a QJ, which I- I'm not completely shutting the door on him, but just based on like just historic metrics and just looking at uh, rookie campaigns, for first round picks historically uh, having a season as bad as QJ's doesn't uh, bode well for future success. He only had 38 catches, 431 yards and, and two touchdowns. He just looked like a guy that wasn't ready for the NFL or wasn't ready for the role he was thrust into. Um, obviously with the injuries to Allen and Mike Williams especially Mike Williams being so early on he just looked like a guy that was thinking out there he wasn't playing football. I I thought that the Chargers should have just got the the ball in his hands a little more on uh, some screens. I mean, that was just kind of claim to fame coming out of TCU. This big-bodied guy that with the ball in his hands that can make things happen. But he uh, he clearly wasn't ready for the NFL, and his uh, wide receiver uh, dynasty ranking uh, definitely shows that. Fantasy Pros has him at wide receiver fifty-three, uh, so basically a wide receiver five. Um, a, a, a very 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 large fall from grace for a guy that I mean. Crept up in in rookie drafts because he, are honestly, we thought would have been the best landing spot with Justin Herbert, and the uh, the Chargers. There, we were all expecting a lot more from QJ. Uh, hopefully, he can develop a little more and 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 come back, uh, and and give us give us a little more than he showed this year. But I do think he's kind of an interesting case because if you if you can get him for a third round pick. I think at wide receiver five prices, I honestly think he could be a buy. Uh, just considering the upside that he has talent wise and in that offense, uh, I, I wouldn't mind throwing the dart and and if he can turn it around, it may, maybe it found a uh, found something there. So at that price, if I if I get him for 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 cheap, uh, I actually wouldn't mind buying him at this point. Would you buy him for two oh eight in a superflex league? Two oh eight. I mean probably at this right now, but that's, I mean, that, that, like, that we kind of discussed earlier that could change a ton. I mean, I know like last year where rice was a uh, middle to back end uh, second round pick, uh, which obviously that, that turned out great. But then again, look at Jonathan Mingo. I mean, he was, a, he was a back end second round pick. There was other, I mean, a back, a back end second, a back end second. I would, I wouldn't feel bad rolling the dice on a guy like qj because qj is going to get another opportunity i mean they spent a first round pick on him he's gonna he's gonna be trotted out there next year and he's gonna have the whole offseason to figure it out like i said i do think he was a guy that needed time to to, to develop and he just didn't get that opportunity so i think i think i would send the, send the 208 but that's probably the most i'd pay i i don't i'd rather be like 210 later
0: <laughs> oh of course you would uh <laughs> <laughs> but and the reason I say that is because if you just, if you selected Quentin Johnston in the first round of a super flex draft last year or any draft last year, I mean, you're probably, you're not moving him from a third, like no one's going to do that. So I think it does, it would probably take a late second round pick to to get him, despite that WR 53 ranking. And it's, it's right on the fringe of, of if, I, if I'd be willing to do that at 208, to be honest with you, I would definitely buy for a third if I could, but if it's going to be 208, I'd probably hold on to it for right now and wait until the draft to see if that, uh, you know, what's on the board for me in that, in that range where it is hit or miss, but you know, QJ will get another shot, but you got to remember too, this, this, it's a new GM and a new head coach in LA. So you never know what they're going to do. They might go you know, clean house and bring in their own guys at wide receiver and, and kind of take the long approach, or maybe they spend a little bit of money bringing a free agent. Um, So there's, there's a lot of avenues you can go. So it's kind of scary uh to think about Quentin Johnson at, at this point in time here, Aaron, what do you, what do you think?
1: Yeah, i I can't disagree with anything you guys have said. I think two eight I mean two eight is like right on the it's like right, really close. I think that sometimes depends on what uh, more those teams needs if you if it's more of a position need that you're trying to shoot for, but that's about right, or maybe like I think as Ethan said maybe the two ten might be uh closer right? for for some reason I don't know just some of those numbers just stick out to us more so, yeah, i do the two ten, not two eight for sure, but <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I, I mean it's interesting to see what the Chargers do in the offseason and uh definitely what, what Keenan Allen uh will do if he'll come back on a team friendly deal or not. I mean, he just tore it up last year. So if he's on the field, I don't, I don't think QJ even, you know, sees that many that snaps, uh that many snaps next year too. So uh definitely to me he's more of a hold candidate. Let's let's see what they do with that wide receiver core. I mean, I know Mike might with Mike Williams got hurt too if he's gonna come back and Keenan Keenan Allen if if they decide to bring him back, um, you know, with his contract contract being up as well. Um, yeah, you could have a whole new offense with the Chargers uh next year from running back all the way to wide receiver. So I'm very curious to see what they do. But yeah, I'd just say just hold him. He's not worth you, you're probably not gonna get a whole lot in return for him with maybe that two oh eight. If you can get the 208, yeah. I guess we're saying that's that's a steal in our minds there. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's kind of crazy because well, the thing is the 208 and Superflex, sometimes I mean you, you think of the 208. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely feel that for QJ. But then you look at like last year, I mean, I think Sam Laporte was hovering around 208, uh, Luke Musgrave, like I said, Rasheed Rice. Uh, there was there
0: was there's a few other Well, I'll uh, jump in with it right here. I'm looking at one of our drafts the three of us were a part of last season is in the Superflex League. At two oh seven, you have uh Tajay Spears, you got Kendra Miller, Marvin Mims, Tank Bigsby. Uh, Roshon Johnson's in that area too. So, these are guys. Some of them are hits, some of them are misses. Like it's murky, but you know, so you're basically trading one murky asset for another one.
2: Yeah, it's it's a second round pick. A late second round pick is roll of dice. QJ is roll of dice. QJ has the capital, he has what we think he has the talent. I think it just obviously didn't come to fruition this year. So, I mean, it's, it's what dice roll you taking? I think at two I think I'd probably lean QJ at this moment in time, but uh, I don't know. This 2024 class is looking pretty good. So uh Who knows?
0: <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, so we're speaking of who knows, we're going to be jumping into a a, a quick hitting rapid fire segment where we talk about some guys that really didn't do much as rookies, uh, that they really are kind of up in the air going forward. So we'll rattle that off here without as much back and forth. So I'll, I'll start with this one. Uh, I'm going to go with one of the players I just mentioned in that list as a late second round pick last year, that's Marvin Mims who finished WR 88 overall and WR 85 in points per game. So just really not productive at all uh despite the fact that he was a second round NFL pick um he was actually the first pick pick of the Sean Payton era in Denver last season uh finished with 22 receptions for 377 yards one score um however he did actually finish as, as a second team all pro player as a kick returner um so he uh did produce in that area of the field which was a positive to take away from the season uh, played played in fifty percent or more of the Denver's offensive snaps just twice on the year, so really didn't get a shot on that offense. Kind of an afterthought behind Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy at the wide receiver position. Uh, both those guys are under contract for twenty twenty four, but changes could be coming in Denver. There's this word that Russell Wilson could be at the door, and you know maybe it's time they they trade Judy or Sutton, or maybe Sutton's even cut outright to save some money against the salary cap. So another situation that's really murky all around. So not sure what to think about that. Um, but overall things in Denver are kind of a mess. So I don't really know here. I think I would be in in, in on the buy window on a Marvin Mims. If I could do it for a third round pick, uh, in the mid to late third, you know, where he was, you know, whereas Quentin Johnston was a first round pick in super flex leagues. Um, and in, in the NFL draft that you have Marvin Mims here is guy. who's more of a, um, he was more affordable last season. So it's very, it's very conceivable that you could get him for a mid to late third round pick if uh, the manager likes someone they see on the board when they're, when the draft is, has come upon us. So um, kind of a wait and see approach with Mims. Um, I would, I'd be confident taking a swing on him on the cheap. He's ranked WR 51 on fantasy pros. So just uh really, really what type of dice roll you want to take. I would take him a dice roll on him for super, super cheap.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I actually think uh, if he can work Mims in a, in a trade, I, I want to be my, I wouldn't mind like, Trading form, uh, maybe in a multi-piece trade, I I I uh, I would definitely buy him. I think he was one, uh, you know, off the top of my head. I, I know he had a pretty high yards per catch uh, last year, so he kind of does remind me back to that take Dell conversation. Can he Can he have a couple blow up weeks, uh, you know, with a new new offense uh, with, with Peyton kind of redoing that? Um, over there too, maybe new uh quarterback and all that as you said. So um yeah, if they do lose either um Sutton or Judy, I think uh Mibs can kinda find a nice, nice role, maybe similar to like a Jaden Reed. Uh that's kind of how I, I view him where he 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 could emerge a little bit. So I'm I'm kinda more on the buy side uh or or if you have him just on the hold side.
2: Yeah, he's not a guy you go by directly. He he's a guy. He's a throw-in. You like, hey, uh, let let's talk uh, player X, and then, then you you're trying to work a deal and say, oh, hey, let's get they get this done. Hey, throw me Marvin Mims. That's how you get a guy uh, like Mims on your squad. And to piggyback off what Kamish said about this is the regime's uh, first pick. Um, it wasn't only their first pick, but they had guys in the rush, like Judy and Sutton, and they feel, they still felt the need to to go a wide receiver with uh, their first pick in the draft uh, under Sean Payton. So that, uh, that means Payton likes him, and they, they uh, may see a future uh, for him in the team. So if you can get him as a throw-in, uh, th- there's definitely some upside there. That brings us to our next player, uh, Demario Douglas. Uh, we call him Pop Douglas here in New England, but he was wide receiver 68 overall uh, this year. Uh, he played 14 games, 78 targets, 49 receptions, 561 yards. Uh, he's currently ranked wide receiver 88 according to Fantasy Pros Dynasty rankings. And uh, honestly, he was kind of a um, a breath of fresh air for the Patriots. He was really the only wide receiver that had any juice this year. Uh, he looked pretty good. Um, he uh, had 1.99 uh, yards for. Target separation, which was good for number eighteen in the league, so just a, a very a quick, uh, explosive kind of player, small, smaller guy, um, but he also had three hundred thirty-six uh, uh, yards after catch, which ranked twenty-fifth in the league. So the guy definitely had some juice. Uh, I believe he was a six-round pick for the Patriots, um, so definitely uh, a hit there late in the NFL draft. And I, and I think at wide receiver eighty-eight, he's he's essentially free. So he's another guy um, you don't. Actively go out and trade for it, but he's just a guy. Hey, um, to get this deal done, hey, just throw me uh, Demario Douglas. But I did definitely liked what I saw. I, I think he could definitely earn a full time slot role, uh, in New England. And if New England spends cash like Gerard Mayo says they're going to, I mean, let's say you bring in a guy like T Higgins and you bring in, um, I, I know me and Commission talk about maybe bringing our guy Noah Fanton, you kind of lock up uh, that tight end room. Uh, but then you have a guy like Higgins in the outside, like a solid run game. And then you have Demario Douglas uh running in the slot. But uh yeah, at wide receiver he's basically free, but definitely a, a guy that's surprised this year.
0: Yeah, he's not a guy that you really want to pay anything for, but you want him on your roster for just just to see what he can do, see if he can build off of that that rookie season. And he's joining New Midland at a time of transition, like Ethan mentioned. So uh, you never know where it's gonna come out here. W wr eighty eight just incredibly low for this player, and I think he's another player who falls into that mold of of uh, you don't buy him outright, but you get him in as a toss in piece. So that's that's essentially where I'm at on on, on Pop Douglas.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna kind of defer to you guys there <laughs> over there in New New England. Uh, New England wide receivers are not my forte in in, in fantasy. I don't know how many I've I've actually owned uh, in That's general, a good thing. but, it's a good thing, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I know he did catch a lot of people's attention, you know, later in the season, as far as, you know, uh, and, uh DFS world to kind of get, um, you know, kind of sleeper sleeper plays, I guess for the week. But, uh, yeah, if he can kind of carve out a, a full-time role in New England, I think, uh, I think it makes sense to kind of, you know, invest in the young over there too in, in that offense too, especially if they pick up a, a few guys over there. So I'm kind of with you there. Kind of let's see if he if he pans out. Um I kind of have a similar guy uh, next to talk about. I, I think I want to say he was a stash play for me. And and for a stash player, uh when we talked um before, you know, preseason, uh I think turned out pretty, pretty decent. you know, and that and that's uh Josh Downs with the Colts. So uh Downs ended up coming up uh, coming down with 68 catches over 700 yards and uh and just two touchdowns but um it'll be very interesting to see what the Colts do uh with Michael Pittman's situation um i i do think uh there's a good good chance they may let uh just just Pittman hit the free agency and then they they could roll with uh Downs and uh Alec Pierce as their number 2 cuz i i know they they kind of came in late, uh, in the second half of the season, and and Minshew's, Minshew's offense kind of, uh, showed they they could score, right? So I think you know when the GM is kind of reviewing stats for the year and and this and that, that that may actually some of those stat lines may kind of pop out to them. Josh Downs put up a respectable 700 yards, uh, with you know with having Pittman on the team, I I think that is kind of there's a chance he may become um that that one target over there in in Indianapolis. So, um I basically just think he's a hold candidate. Um even if even if they do resign Pittman, um I think Downs has maybe a decent wide receiver 2 over there, but I think he's just a perfect hold. Wait wait and see what happens over there uh with the Colts this offseason uh with Josh Downs. So, uh, kind of like kind of like him as a player and kind of curious to see if he uh carves out bigger roles uh next year.
0: Yeah, Josh Downs definitely had an interesting rookie year for sure. Um, popped off at times and looked pretty good in that in that slot role there in, in, in Indianapolis last season. So uh, I, I do think a, a big part of his future though is going to be tied to how he meshes exactly with Anthony Richardson. We just didn't get a ton of a Rich on the field in his rookie year. So we uh you know we know that Minshew's not the future in in Indy. So well, uh, a, a lot to monitor there. Definitely a guy that in Downs that you you want to toss a third round pick out there and see if you can grab him. I think it's worthwhile, but I'm not willing to spend too much more than that to get him on my roster. And ultimately if you're rostering him, he's probably a hole just until we get more data with Richardson to see how those two look together. But there's a one more player we're going to discuss here. This guy was a second round pick in the draft, a bit of a late bloomer in the scouting process. Um, Didn't produce a ton at old miss, but Jonathan Mingo um, did have some intriguing measurables entering 2023. Uh, not a good season statistically, though, finishing WR 84 overall and WR 82 in points per game. Uh, went 43 for 418 and zero scores as a rookie. Not a complete shock. Like I said, he was kind of a project player coming in. But what was surprising to me was that that low level of production came on a lot of snaps. I mean, he played 85% or more of the team snaps in 15 of 16 games on the season. Um, So, he really was out there just kind of doing a lot of cardio um, uh, sure. most weeks. So, um, but, you know, you can attribute a lot of that, of course, to the mess that the Carolina Panthers were in 2023. Uh, the Panthers and the our New England Patriots were tied for the lowest scoring offense since 2012. So, over 10 years, the worst uh, scoring output that uh, the, the league has seen. There um, two teams, actually. But, uh, you know, beyond that, I mean, Bryce Young, top pick in the draft. They traded up a ton to go get him. Ended up playing like a complete bust. Frank Reich was fired in his first season on the job after 11 games. All in all, it was just a mess. So, less than ideal conditions for any player. But Mingo didn't do himself any players e- any favors either. You know, he was outside. If you look at the advanced metrics, he was outside the top 90 in win rate versus man coverage, yards per route run, yards per target, fantasy points per route run. Just didn't didn't do didn't hold up his end of the bargain either. So, just a forgettable campaign overall. I'm not overly enthralled with Mingo going forward. They have a new regime coming in there, and, uh, you know, Dave Canales coming up from Tampa Bay. So they could have their own free agent or draft repl- replacements incoming. Just didn't show it as a rookie, uh, which is not a good sign. And Bryce Young does not look like the answer either, at least at this point in time. So, um, you know, he's WR 59 on Fantasy Pros, just another one of those dart throw type players that you. Uh, you're really hoping and praying on the, that you can hit so i guess technically if i really want to put my feet to the fire i'd have him as a buy there right on the fringe of wr60 but he's not someone i'm overly optimistic on going forward here any uh any final thoughts on on mingo before we wrap this up here fellas Yeah, I I agree on, on
2: Mingo. He's a guy I I tend to kind of want to stay away from just because I I think Carolina is a dumpster fire. Uh, I don't believe in Bryce young. They have no offensive line to, to let plays develop. And and Mingo was kind of tossed into that fire. Uh, As you mentioned, he he played a lot of snaps, but didn't really do much with them. Uh, To me, he was kind of more of a, a, a raw prospect that kind of needed time to develop. And I mean, he was just thrust into a, a very bad situation and I don't see that situation getting any better anytime soon. He, he should have plenty of opportunity next year. So, uh, maybe, uh, maybe he can turn it around, but, uh, the, the, the kid definitely has talents. It, it's just, uh, I don't see, like you look at Nico Collins. I mean, he didn't do much at all his first two years, um, his, his first, even three years. And then, um, Oh, and then all of a sudden, uh, he, he he gets a quarterback and it kind of saves his day. So I don't see that happening with Mingo just because they just spent the number one overall pick on uh, Bryce Young and they gave up a lot to get him. So I, I think it's going to be uh, tough sledding for Mingo. So definitely a guy I'm, I'm I'm probably staying away from.
1: Yeah, I I don't really have any interest in Mingo uh, unless I have him. I mean, he's probably just like just a guy you know to to stash. Uh, the one possible thing he has good going for him is uh, Carolina may go with the same approach that uh some of the other teams with you know trying trying to invest in franchise quarterbacks did and uh is they they really need to improve on their offensive line so that you know one thing is you know will they get a top tier wide receiver in the draft? I don't I don't think so. Uh, I I know with dealing getting older and then uh um you know they they could maybe get one in a in a later round or something like that, but um. Yeah, I mean, they they may if they go offensive line, defensive line, kind of improve just the line on the, in Carolina, that that's the only thing he's kinda got going for him if he doesn't have a whole lot of competition entering the twenty-four uh season.
2: Well, he's ch- chark's out too, right? Chark signed a one year deal. So it's basically an aging feeling and in, in him.
0: Yeah, at this particular moment in time, it looks it looks like he has the uh he might even have the number one job <laughs> lined up here and a bad offense. So maybe we aren't talking ourselves into it, but definitely a guy where the draft and free agency are going to go a long way in determining how we feel about this guy entering his sophomore campaign in 2024. But this was a really fun exercise to blast through all these rookie receivers. Uh, The 23 class is one of those that we're going to look back and really just have a, have a lot of different emotions on for sure. I mean, you got your guys like rice and Puka who were drafted either not at all, or in the second or third round of rookie drafts. And then you got guys, you know, who like uh, Quentin Johnson, who didn't live up, live up to it. So uh, a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of bad. And I can't wait to see where this class goes in the future. And I can't wait to break down the 2024 class coming up really soon here. But until next time, folks, peace.